0: All right, this is Rick's Mind. What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? Today, we've got a Zoom podcast. This is, uh, I guess this is the second one we've done. The whole motherfucking crew is here. We've got Mad Max Brawley in the house. And as always, DJ DeMarco.
1: Howdy, howdy. What's going on?
0: My goodness. So, Max, uh, we were talking, and you know what? I think we should just do a a tally count. We're gonna start off with all the bad news of 2020, which is, is mm-hmm. obviously the worst year on record. Um, since we last podcasted, <clears throat> we've had a series of wildfires in the state that have like, I don't know about, they think there's been 40,000 people that had to be evacuated. So we're uh, under siege here, which has been interesting. And, and I think it's funny, I never watch the news and I come home and one of my roommates is chilling on the couch freaking out and I was like what's going on I was like you're not concerned about these wildfires like, what wildfires and I found out we're in like level one evacuation status so <laughs> I guess maybe it's a, a better time there are better t- there are times where one needs too much than it is but house is fine I'm alive life's good uh, how are you guys doing since I was
1: separated? I was mm-hmm. joking around the other day just laughing about when legitimately what When was the last time you had a day where you didn't say, this is really weird? It's been like five straight months of like, it's been like five straight months of like, this is the most insane day. (laughs) Like this day is so weird. And then the next day it says, wow, this day is so weird. Like We have the fires, we have the windstorms, we have the, I don't know. It's just Corona, the election stuff. Nothing is normal and it's never going to be the same.
0: I don't think so either. But one thing I will say is despite the fire, like I was talking to my brother, he uh, put together an evacuation dispatch group where they've been dispatching drivers with uh, horse trailers, flatbed trailers and shit. And overnight he had, I think 8,000 people and like 3,000 drivers. I'm I'm not sure of the numbers. I'm making some of this up um, that were helping evacuate people. And and my brother is a lot like me. He's crazy, and he got into—he didn't sleep for three days. And he called me. He's said, like, "Dude, this is amazing!" And I was like, "This is this is one of the things about a disaster is it—it it activates one of one of the the biggest downfalls uh, that we face in America right now is fucking teams, and." But it also in tribalism, but also that tribalism is such an advantage in times of despair, because all we have, it doesn't matter what your color is or anything. It's like, can I help you? And a lot of people have, they forget about all the things that are not important. And they're like, what's important is helping out my fellow man, my fellow American. And that's beautiful. It's one of the strong, strongest parts of being an American and living here. And and for that matter, citizen of the world is the amount of good that was done and is still being done by all these people. Um, it's incredible to watch, but also very sad because there's homes burning and shit. But yeah,
2: it's been to, nice to see, too, that it feels like at least in Oregon of the people that are local, uh, they've been actually trying to do things together and not have. I haven't really noticed any instances of tribalism or anything like that, like you normally get under non you know mega disaster circumstances but there have been like they've had all this stuff about the rumors about fires being arson started by antifa which is Mm -hmm. just some of the dumbest ideas i've heard the only people i've seen push that has been it's taken off with people but it seems like the people that started it were your typical kind of like conservative or right-wing media people just trying to make stories but as far as like actual, actual Oregonians, it feels like they've actually done a lot to try to work together.
1: The um, so big news for you, everybody. I have a new job. I don't know. <gasps> so I work still for the same like vacation rental company, and um, but I work customer service. So I'm receiving phone calls, and it's like a national wide company. And I will tell you, people who are at least visiting the Pacific Northwest, they're not always like PNW people compared to like this Florida versus like the, all the hurricane stuff. I deal with like cancellations and stuff due to natural disasters, like every day Oregonians are easily like so much more understanding than the people who are going to Florida. I don't know if it, what the regional reason for that is, but it's pretty noticeable like hey sorry your reservation is canceled due to uh wildfires and they're like oh it's okay i totally understand and then the florida people are like hey your reservation is canceled due to uh the hurricane and they're like this is ridiculous i want my money give me your manager they just go so hard and like uh, just yell at me, but I feel like the Oregon be, situation is different.
2: I feel like that might be too a little bit of your typical kind of like East coast mentality versus West coast mentality. Totally. Where at, at least in Oregon, it feels like people have to be more self-sufficient because of how isolated everything is, it, you know, relatively speaking to everything else. So you can't necessarily, like, you kind of have to be chill about things and also just, you know, the West coast vibe kind of thing is a thing because it's real. Totally. Yeah. Max,
0: one thing we need to share Mr. Max took the plunge of death and got himself married. You got yourself hitched, buddy. What's that been like? Dude, switching, it's switching from a, the life of a single rambling man to now a married man, a family man.
1: Family so, man. It's fun. It's nice. Yeah. It's good to have that uh, partner in crime for sure. Especially in uh, quarantine times when there's like nothing really that can be done. You can't go out and have fun like you could before. And so, um, I don't know, it is kind of a wild story. I think the last time that I was on the podcast, I was talking about Peace Corps,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: which that was a huge bullet dodge. My migraines kept me from doing Peace Corps. And so... Uh, uh, we were talking about going us.
2: to New Zealand.
1: They didn't send us to Africa. And then New Zealand, I took a, this weird sales job for uh, that. I was like, okay, let's give this a chance and uh, opted to not do New Zealand. And that wouldn't have worked out anyway because of coronavirus. Coronavirus really would thrown a wrench in everything. But uh, I kind of got a bunch of no's before anything came to fruition. And so I was already pretty well established here. So that's kind of a weird little story, but marriage is great. I would recommend it to, uh, to those who are thinking about it. Yeah. I don't know if it's for everybody, obviously, but on. I think it's a pretty, pretty solid situation for me.
0: Um, and I think that's, I think it's beautiful, dude. It was uh it's fun. It's a funny story, man. Like, um, I didn't see you settling down for a while, but you beat John and I to the punch. I mean, although I'm, I'm, I've got all, I'm, I'm a mess, so right. there's uh, no chance. <laughs> this guy says, well, I should never say never or no chance. You never know, man. It'll oh, happen. You know. If it happens, it'll happen. I'm 47, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, but um, what have you been doing during this whole quarantine? And also, uh, we well, will get into that later. But Yeah, what, what have you been doing? How have you been keeping yourself occupied?
1: Dude, I am super duper busy because I... Work full time doing the uh customer service sales call. And uh then I, I'm also in grad school for being a teacher. So going to be uh this Mr. Mad Max Brawley is gonna be a thing. Gonna go teach social studies eventually. So that'd be cool. Um yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. But I literally am doing either homework or working all day. So
0: you're getting days. your master's degree then?
2: Yeah,
1: online Grand Canyon University, Go
0: Lopes. GCU. Son. Yeah. GC I'm I'm uh, super uh, upset that we're not going to have any pac uh, 12
1: football. It was I thought they pushed to so the weird. spring. That's not happening either. I know
2: yeah, I don't think it'll happen. I know the Big 10 was going to have a meeting uh Tuesday or sometime this week that they were voting on if they could, they were saying if we could start soon, which after seeing, they're just going to take the money plunge and go for it, even though everybody shouldn't be playing.
1: I don't know. It's, this uh, whole thing is crazy to me. Yeah.
2: It's crazy to me because
0: on one hand, I just, I don't really know what the right decision is. On one hand, I understand. And I mean, personally right now, um, I got to go get a COVID test. My one of my roommates tested positive. Um, the other one tested negative, and that's his girlfriend. And um, myself, uh, I feel great. I, I'm not concerned about getting the virus. But like, I, I outside of me going to get a COVID test, um, really, really shortly, like uh, right after this podcast, um, I've depending on the results of that, I, honestly, actually fuck it. Like depending, like I'm screwed, right? I, I have to, I'm going to have to lock down. And so that's right. been, mm, I don't know. I mean, if Tanner doesn't have it yet and that's his girlfriend, he sleeps with her, you know, in the same room.
2: Well, I, I think you can test positive for it and not show symptoms yet. Yeah, Cause yeah, it's that's, about that's the viral, the viral load that's in like in your body. So if it's likely, if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. Now she, if she's still, it depends on how far along she is because then if she's not spreading it then then it's done she's just sick and she'll get she'll get over it but the transmission rate for like roommates is like 35% or slightly below 35% so it's kind of iffy if you get it from someone you live with which is really interesting
0: Hmm. yeah either way i'm fucked like i'm i have to quarantine for two weeks which and to be honest like i haven't really i've been out and about going to the gym and shit so i have to uh, uh to dig deep because the way my brain works i have to be occupied and searching for a goal and some sort of challenge every single day
2: time for you to get a hobby. i don't
0: yeah and if i don't do that Then the demons start to bark at me, meaning I'm like, oh, if I'm not working out or trying to get better, maybe I'll party. And so as soon as I found out she was positive, I immediately had a decision to make a fork in the road. It's like, am I gonna watch a bunch of TV, fucking drink a bunch of beers, jerk off, but you know, rather all all things that are unhealthy get sad? Or am I gonna find some? So I queued up a bunch of insanity workouts. I I've made a list of tasks that I'm going to complete during these two weeks, uh, skills that I want to learn, things that will occupy my brain to get better because that's really the only choice I have. Is this, am I gonna just get sad or am I gonna fucking do something productive?
2: So how are you gonna quarantine? Are you going to go like full on, like lock your, be in your room as much as possible and away from people or just stick to your house and your like roommates?
0: she's, She's in the room. She's full on locked down in a room. I'm, the domain will be the house. I mean, I have a Green Mountain Grill. I bought, I bought a bunch of lamb, uh, like three three racks of ribs. Right as like before she got tested, I went out and did some shopping. And I've got a bunch of friends that are down to drop food off and supplies at my door. There's I think there's a fucking thing you can do online too for that. Um, oh, yeah, DoorDash
2: or uh, no yeah. um, Instacart. Instacart, thank you. So I'm
0: going to like I'm just going to perfect my my smoking skills and uh, on the grill. And uh, I've got a bunch of not I don't know how to shuffle cards, so I'm going to fucking learn how to do that. Mm. I'm going to order some games on uh, uh, not video games, but board games and stuff like that on online, and just kind of figure out figure things out. And I queued up some yoga. I did yoga for the first time yesterday. Um, In a long time. And my God, I have lost a lot of flexibility. (laughs) That's, yeah, dude, I was having um, shoulder issues. And uh, I couldn't figure out what it was. And I think deep down, I knew after reading Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins and his uh, struggles with uh, being inflexible and how it almost really killed him. And then I I went and did some yoga for about 90 minutes. Um, I just did two different classes and whoo! shoulder feels great. So kids stretch. It's important. That's good. It's important.
2: Yeah. Stretching, stretching is important. At least it wasn't like, it was just like a muscular tightness thing and not unlike my, my dad who, uh, one of the things that's pissed me off. I found out he's had a torn rotator cuff for like nine years and never got it, never got it fixed. And he was just like, Oh, the rehab will take too long. I'm like, Or you can just have nine years too long. Yeah, right. (laughs) Which is piss is annoying because he is a strength and conditioning coach and was just like all over me when I blew my ACL out playing flag football in college to get it like get it repaired and go through rehab and do everything like hard and I did and he's you know he's you know let me down. as I say, not as I do.
0: That's right. right. DeMarco, I got a question for you, dog. Like, uh, When it comes to... I was just having this conversation. I was listening or watching a DJ Shadow kind of documentary about how he's a digger and digs for records and stuff. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, being a sound expert, do you prefer the sound of a vinyl as opposed to digital? And if so, why?
2: Uh, it depends. If I'm listening... um. I'm kind of in... Like, I like the way that... There's only certain albums that I like and that I want on vinyl. Like, I have uh, two of Kendrick Lamar's albums, his last two albums. Or no, I have uh, To Pimp a Butterfly and uh, Good Kid, Mad City. And, like, other, like, kind of favorite, favorite albums I get on vinyl more as, like, an archival thing, more so than a sound treatment thing. I... I've always been this way, even before I was a sound engineer. I guess in my head I was always a sound engineer, whether I knew it or not, because I've always preferred speakers and headphones and everything that are super flat. Um, I don't want my equipment and never have to color the sound in any way. Like uh, vinyl, generally everybody runs it through preamps and everything to saturate the sound and give it more warmth, bring out the harmonics and all that. Um, I have always just... I just want a clean, neutral signal that goes through to my speakers because I want to hear it how the artist intended. Um, and now I'm even more resolute in that. I don't, it's funny because I used to be like super militant about like when I bought music, I would only listen to FLAC or WAV files that were like really high quality and I didn't want any compression. And now I could give a shit. You know, I'll listen to vinyls on my home theater system. That's, you know, decent, but it's not the best i watch movies on it and it's not the best, but it's fine. But when it comes to mixing music and everything, you know, that's really influenced the way that I listen. I'm more like when I'm analytically listen, I want something flat neutral and just exactly as you would think it is. But if I'm just listening for listening's sake, uh, as long as it sounds fine, I'm, I'm good with it. Like I have, I use Tidal hi-fi. So if I can listen well, yeah, to something yeah. in 24 bit, you know,
1: you're getting, you've lost. I went on. super. I it, went, yeah. I had, uh, I had title for a while. I think I did the free trial and then forgot to cancel it for like three or four months. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced that it was like super far ahead of what Spotify was
2: putting out. Oh yeah. It, it's uh, it, in terms of sound think, quality, it's way ahead. And then in terms of the way they pay people, it's they, they pay nearly double at least what Spotify does.
1: But I think that uh, I was being convinced by my brain that it was better, just because I know I don't have the trained ear to really hear what the difference is. And I was like, "This is." And I listened to Spotify. And I was like, "Oh, this is actually, for my ear, this is plenty."
2: There is <laughs> a is lot. Not- it's hard to tell. And there's there have been there have been a lot of like uh, psychoacoustic studies about. Um, listening that most sound engineers like you can tell the difference if you're if you're on a good if you're on just like kind of a basic consumer level speaker system or headphones um, it's really hard to tell the difference between something say like a high like a 320 bit kilobit or 320 kilobit mp3 versus a 16-bit wave file or a 24-bit wave file but if you're on anything anything even one step above consumer, even if it's like kind of low level audio file, or if it's reference level for analytical work it, there, if if you don't AB it, then you're not going to notice. But once you AB it, you'll notice all of the differences. It's, it's very subtle. There's more, it feels bigger. Uh, it feels like it has more space. You hear more like finer details, like Uh, In terms of like from when you go from MP3 to 16-bit is huge, but then when you go 16 to 24-bit, it's even more subtle because you just have more detail in the smaller, lighter, quieter things like delay trails or um, like in 24-bit, if you're listening to like, uh, say like you're listening to like Miles Davis or something and it's mixed the way you would do uh, jazz music like that where you mix things and pan them and separate everything to make it simulate like you're sitting in a room listening to people and everything is like where it should be. You can pick out where everything is supposed to be. Um, in an MP3 file, you can to an extent, but it's more so just like left and right versus, uh, like stereo field separation.
0: You're going to have to dumb even that down. Uh,
2: let's see. Okay. So (laughs) stereo, stereo, so AB, uh, I forget that I like I'm not talking to audio engineers because I mostly hang out with musicians or yeah. audio people. Uh, so a being is comparing two sources or two signals. Uh, so like your A signal would be uh, a three twenty bit three hundred twenty bit uh, MP3, which is your standard high quality, like what uh, Spotify Premium would give you, versus a sixteen bit wave file, which is what Title fi will give you. Um, the, like into you think of it in terms of like data available to play, uh, 320 kilobit MP3, like maybe five to six megabytes, depending on how long it is, uh, same length of song in a 16 bit wave file will be 40 to 50 megabytes and a 24 bit file will be somewhere between 70 to 80 megabits. So it's like nearly 10 to 15 times the amount of data available so that is so that kind of like think of like if you were looking at like a picture you know like if you're looking at a painting like you step right up close to it you can see each individual little piece of paint but the farther you go the less you see the less detail you see that's exactly how compression works and which is what is happening with the different file formats where mp3 is the most efficient delivery format for audio arguably, but it's the most prevalent and then, but wave or is a lossless file. So there is, there is no data lost when it's recorded. It's tried. It's the goal is to reproduce it. Exactly. But so, okay. I'm with you. So like if you did like the way that I used like when I had, when I got title hi-fi and I was so excited to show people, I was like that, like in the seventies when people were going from mono to stereo and the dude would be like, come, come sit down. You can hear the train. It sounds like it's coming right at you. You know, mm-hmm. um, you you know play one song on Spotify Premium and then immediately play the same song on Title fi in 16 or 24 bit, and it's again you got to be on a system that is going to be able to reproduce that amount of data. But it's it's kind of startling how much you're losing. You know,
0: it's, we have to t- we got to take it back back to the original question, which we ended up. This is fascinating to me because I'm pretty <laughs> lost.
2: Records. I like records.
0: Spotify. Like, which one are you gonna go with? I just as a sound engineer, I don't want to I wanna. I have a. In terms of just
2: hard, in terms of hardcore reproduction of sound from, like the recording of what goes comes out of the mouth of the singer into a microphone and into the file or onto the master tape recorder, I would go with digital because it's more accurate. However, for other reasons, uh, it's the same reason I used to like CDs so much was I would buy CDs as an archiving tool because CD is also a, it's a digital lossless thing. You can make flat lossless files out of CDs. So it was more of like a hard copy backup kind of thing. Um so digital it is. Yeah. That's yes, that's that's good. The downs the downside of that is though, I listen to all this music and I'm paying, you know, what is it, thirty dollars a month for Title Hi Fi huh. and it's great, it's fantastic, but if I stop paying thirty dollars a month then I don't own any of this music. Whereas if I buy vinyl, there's more money going to the artist and it's I have the vinyl in my hands for as long as I can possibly have it, which is nice, but uh, when you're not wealthy, it, you know, fifteen or thirty dollars a month is a lot cheaper than, you know, twenty-five dollars for every album you want.
0: I got. I think that Demarco is going to go full-on uh, record at some point. I, I just I see you as a guy that likes to the, the bust him out with a glass of bourbon or whiskey. Oh, and you just know I do.
1: that. Cotton oh, gloves.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's nice, but <laughs> it's a it is a pain in the ass to. In terms of like, if I want to, if I'm on the couch and I'm like, I want to listen to uh, like Miles Davis, then I can just turn on title and press play versus (laughs) I want to listen to Miles Davis. I only have bitches brew, which, you know, is really all you really need. Uh, But then I have to get up. I have to go find it. I have to get it. I have to put it on my record player. I have to change the input on my my Let's be real. The real
1: inconvenient part about uh physical records and CDs is their actual physical properties and having to move them yeah, and the store space. them yeah. and contain them and not break them. That, that is the worst part about the record. Yeah. MP3, whatever it's in your pocket, you change devices. You always have it. It never goes away
2: yeah. unless and the sound quality world is so crashes. High. Yeah. And the sound quality is so high with, uh, with especially with like title hi-fi or something like that that it kind of squashes it you know unless you have like super duper fancy like McIntosh amps and huge like focal speakers and like another ten thousand dollars worth of audio gear you know just listen to title or spotify
0: spotify guy till i die baby that's where You should
2: be a title guy spotify is a terrible company
1: I love Spotify. You can hate me for it, but I love it. I, I've had it forever. I'm not getting out of it. I was, my playlists are perfect. My, I, They have the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh gosh. What I if I told I you, you that better. you can
2: listen to all of those podcasts without Spotify ads, without paying for it, and there are tools to transfer your playlist one-to-one to every streaming service that exists?
0: What if I told you that how... I'm fucking mad at you for not telling us sinner.
1: <laughs> what if I told you there are pills that can make your <laughs> penis larger?
2: Wait, what? Right? <laughs> for me, I ended up are you switching here, here, folks. For me, I ended up switching like partially because of just like sound quality, and that's something I genuinely care about, especially when I have like, you know, I'm a sound engineer. So I have reference level speakers. I have a great interface. I have all this stuff. Um, so I get to utilize it, but also from a musician standpoint, I have my music on Spotify, and unfortunately Spotify is the biggest platform, so you have to use it. If I don't use it, then my streaming revenue is 80% less. Uh but you know, Rick and I have talked about this. Spotify pays out what was it that we figured out last time we talked? It was like one zero zero three eight, I believe. Yeah, it's seven. less than a one hundredth of a cent per stream. Whereas title pays, I think like double that or more, but they, they, in terms of like relatively, they pay a better wage to artists. And on top of that, Spotify takes a ton of money. Even after that, there's all of that money has to go through Spotify's take all of the distributors and anybody else involved with like contracts, especially if it's big record stuff, but just from a, a capitalist standpoint title pays better and they do they do a better job of not yeah how many people not a lot but more should that's the point people need to so title needs to do something where they have a free tier that's potentially like a 320 bit like just full-on compete with spotify give away 320 bit mp3s for free and that would double the bit rate of what the free spotify is the only thing that Spotify has going for it is just they were first to market or one of the first to market, and they have podcasts, and Title doesn't because Title focuses on music.
1: Yeah, I think Spotify just has a huge people, huge base of people listening to it, and um, that's the value, not necessarily the value of the one one hundredth of a penny, unless you're Taylor Swift or whoever has the. Yeah, billion the, the only people that can here. avoid
2: Spotify are people like. And even Taylor Swift is on Spotify now, but Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Jay-Z, they were off of Spotify for a long time, because partially because they were invested in title, but also because they had artistic disputes that they, and I agree with them, they deserve to be paid more for their work than what Spotify does. Spotify makes an unbelievable amount of money, but still manages to fluff their numbers to have posted a loss for like 90% of its lifetime. And now they're only within the last like year and a half profitable. Um and it's because they're taking that money all from uh from the artist, they're just skimming it off the top. Whereas like even in even places like Bandcamp where it's direct sale from artist to fan, Bandcamp takes a percentage, but it's even so, it's much more palatable. I think it's like at the absolute most
1: 15%. So what what's our take from our Rick's mind? podcast streams on uh, Spotify because we got I'm looking at the numbers here we got 12 right now
2: Hell yeah brother <laughs> it's 12 more than we had before we started yeah, we
1: got, we got uh, the take is uh
0: geez man I'm just waiting on that massive check in the mail right now <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's something that I'm interested in is because I know how Spotify works for musicians. Not even
0: a penny. We're not even at a penny. Yeah, I was going to say,
2: what is what does Spotify pay per play for podcasts or do they? I don't, I don't even know. They didn't ask me anything when
1: I set up the account. Probably nothing. They probably, probably won't nothing. ask
2: you anything like that until you try to do a payout.
1: This
0: is true, but I will say this, man. This podcast isn't about money. Oh yeah. True. It's about it's a marketplace for ideas and also a marketplace for bullshitting. And
2: uh, we, it's about we do that well. not
0: yeah, not being afraid to speak your mind, not being afraid to be canceled. It's a it's a it's a show of discourse, community, and getting better. It's it's my 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 grand opus to the world. However small my contribution, our contribution may be, we're still trying to make one. We're still trying to make things get better. I don't care if I ever fucking make a dime from it. I just love doing it. It's my passion.
2: Oh yeah, it is fun. I feel like the money, though, even even if you can monetize podcasts, the money from podcast monetization comes from sponsorships and ad placements, and not from like streaming revenue. Because most everybody just plays like post it as a stream on like a blog or something. 100%,
0: and at some point they'll, they'll, those opportunities will get done. But the way I look at it, this game that we're playing right now, I take a Gary Vee approach. I play it forever. I play it until I die. We play this until we die, something good will happen. Uh, we're all too diabolical of human beings to not have, have this work in some way, shape or form. And the goal would be to, to reach someone to, to, if we can get one person to say, you know what? I don't agree with what you're saying, but I respect you as a human being and I find common ground with you despite disagreeing with you. That's all that matters to me, man. Definitely. For don't sure. get no respect. <laughs> yeah, man, for for sure. But Hey, how's everyone dealing with all this fucking smoke? I mean, listeners, oh, if you're not listening from the state of Oregon, um,
1: can you hear my voice? How scratchy it is. It is. There are yeah. three days of headaches in a row for me.
2: It's rough. I, don't I think our
1: home, my our home, isn't very well sealed, so it's just like smoky. You're inside. really
2: close too. Yeah. Are
1: you I mean, living
0: in Portland, man?
1: Yeah, North Portland. Cool. Well, as soon as
0: I get this Corona shit figured out, in a few weeks, I'll have to come up and I want to look at your place. And
1: it's only a, a block away from my old house. So really, did you get an yeah, so nice.
0: apartment or did you get a house?
1: We got a little, little home. It's got a big, big backyard garage. Nice. We're living it up.
0: Little Mikey the them?
1: Beagle is enjoying himself outside when it's not smoky. We don't, we don't put him outside. Cause it's just, we're in the hazardous range over here. So I yeah. uh, feel bad for that, but no, it's, it's a nice little place.
0: It is dude. I can't wait to see it, man. I'll have you over to my new place too. I'm out here in Westland right now. Still safe for now, but, uh, I don't know, man. It's it's a, it's been one of the most like like you were saying, strange years. If you think about the millennials, our generation, we've lived through one economic crisis, uh, two wars, uh, a pandemic, and now uh, in our state, our region, uh, a natural natural disaster. And like, uh, uh, it's basically I don't know. I want to use the word unprecedented, but like. It it's, is. It's bizarre for sure. There's a law. Like I don't. I don't remember fire season being this nutty on the western half of the state in my 29 years on the planet.
2: Yeah, in the six years that I've lived in Oregon, this is the worst fire season I've seen. And before that, the only place I ever lived that had a fire scene was Boise, and there was a couple years where, like, one year where the foothills burned, but it was never this bad. This is this. Is, uh, now it's okay. I'm in Corvallis, so. We were from the immediate danger of the fire. We were away from it, but the smoke was unbelievable. Like I think our air quality for about three days straight was between five and seven hundred. Um, and it was pretty stressful. I know I've lived through tornadoes and category five hurricanes, and this was probably the most stressful one because of how how freaky the winds were, how unbelievably dry it was, which it's never, I don't think I've ever been here where it's been below like 30 or 40% humidity and it was maybe 10% humidity there for about four mm-hmm. days. And the fear of the fires just moving, like like quadrupling over two days and then on top of that, like, you know, just anything could spark a fire that dry here with that much wind and the whole town could go up. Like we had... You know, I filled my car up with gas. We packed go bags. We had everything to go, ready to go in case we had to had to bail. But man, the smoke was. It's better today because it was foggy, so it condensed a little bit. But it's still in the 300s, and I think the best I've seen it was like 200 since this started. But it was like I said, 5 to 700 for about three or four days straight. Like mm-hmm. um, third Wednesday or Thursday was probably Wednesday was the worst day for me because I have I have asthma. That's only just come back because I'm pretty sure I had either I either had I had COVID-19 or I had some other just sort of SARS virus because I just got wrecked last October and was super sick for like three weeks and since then have had to like use my inhaler pretty regularly and struggle with that but like Wednesday I was only comfortable if I was sitting still and not talking otherwise like my lungs hurt. It just hurt to exist because Mm -hmm. the air was so smoky, even in the house. And we've had we've had windows closed, fans going on the inside, all doors and everything closed for close to like six, seven days now.
1: How much do you not to diminish any of these like recent crazinesses, but how much do you think we're slaves to the to the moment in recency bias, because what do you think the people in like 1999 were like, this is crazy, Y2K, this is the most insane time? Or I don't know, before that, I just feel like as human beings, we're very much like the most important time is like the time that I've experienced recently. And I do think it's very crazy. I'm not going to diminish that. This last six months have been insane, but. I don't know. I feel like that's just life. Life is insane. If you think about it, how I think crazy it is.
2: I think that's fair, um, though, at least pertaining to the wildfires, I will say, like in my experience, like I lived through Hurricane Opal and I lived in Auburn, Alabama, which was at least 100, 150 miles inland from the Gulf. And it the the eye passed over Auburn. And when it did that far inland, it was still a Category Five storm. It was nearly a Category Five storm all the way until it almost got to Atlanta. So, I mean, that was crazy. But compared to this, we knew when it was coming. We knew when it was going to hit. We knew how to prepare. We knew, like, we knew down to like a fifteen-minute window when it was going to be really bad. Um, here, the and it may be just because I have anxiety too. But here, the wildfires for me, it was worse just because. I didn't know, like one minute it could be fine, the next minute, you know, the block could be on fire or I'm getting told to get as far away as possible. So that was pretty gnarly. But I think, I think you're right, there is some proponent to recency bias, but I also think like, you know, think of everything that's going on right now. You know, we've like, I'm 30, you guys are what, like 27, 28 nearly. We've lived through some stuff. The combination of things happening right now You know, part of it is, you know, everyone is hyper aware because everything is connected to such an extreme degree all over the world. Everybody knows what's going on within a few hours of everywhere. But I, you know, in my lifetime, I can't think of a worldwide thing like the pandemic going on, a massive natural disaster on the scale of a generational event, you know, and then just all the other stuff with like how politics is and how. You know, with Trump, it's Trump's administration is like over the past like year and a half has just been kind of like a barreling trade toward actual fascism. Uh, it's kind of wild. And I kind of think this is and I I really hate the word. And I'm with you, Rick. I hate this phrase. It is unprecedented. And I'm so tired of hearing how unprecedented it is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh,
0: I need to uh, speaking of that, um, I really am very curious on, uh, as to which policies uh, Mr. Trump, 45 Savage, has uh, <laughs> has has, <laughs> uh, has passed. Uh, I was thinking about this. I was like, what if, I, you know me, I'm a big what if guy. Okay, mm-hmm. I can't help it. What if it's all bullshit? What if Donald Trump has been the, one of the best presidents of all time? Just hear me out. Despite... <laughs> Him being like a, a dick on Twitter and like not being like, what if he's passed a lot of policies that are like super pro-American, he's made deals, he's sticking it to the pharmaceutical
2: Time will
0: industry. tell. I, I know, time will tell, but I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking this. I'm like, what if?
2: For me. I, to, be,
0: to be fair, most of us, everyone that's super anti have if you really looked in to what he's done, what, so what has he done? So like for I, me
2: – It's less the, it's not the reactionary stuff that, you know, your typical like Twitter mob or like just reactionaries. Part of it is, um, I think part, part of the big thing for me is it's not what he's done. It's how he's utilizing what has been in place and been being put in place for the past 20 odd years with utilizing the Patriot Act to expand his control, these are all things that were put in place, began being in, put in place after 9-11 and continued to be expanded over the years through just throwing them into bills and people not paying attention and just forcing them through as far as expanding the security state and um, like surveillance and military power and like direct That's... like executive branch control. These are all things like he didn't put any of these things in place. But this is all the things that people were complaining about when George Bush, George W. Bush was president, complaining about George W. Bush is not a fascist. He's not a dictator. But all of these things are in place and he's putting them in place that you get one person with an ego or an agenda that is nefarious and you are one click away from being a, a one party control state. And I think a perfect example of that is where you had the protesting and the rioting in Portland in July where it was really at its height and people were still actually protesting things and hadn't lost the plot like they have now. And you had unmarked vans driven by un, like unmarked soldiers, federal soldiers from all over the place that were unidentified and had no accountability that were under direct control of the, the Department of Homeland Security, which only answers to the executive branch and has no oversight from Congress or the people, um, yeah, and what that's they were okay. doing—that's a perfect example of that's it's it's not like you know crying like fascist, fascist, fascist. It's more like textbook fascism, where I don't think you know, that
1: that was the right tact to deal with those protests. But oh. I also think that I were our mayor slash governor really really messed up i don't you're not supposed to light federal buildings on fire i don't know if i'm gonna sound like no. a. I i think that is like what i i hear like the mostly peaceful protest thing it's like yeah but it's also arson
2: like it's that's true. not but you also have to look at what it from, you're supposed
1: to you also have to look at it from a perspective
2: that in these protests at least in portland and i can't speak to other places because i haven't been as paying attention except to the thing that's happening like essentially at my doorstep Those protests were peaceful, and in almost all cases, the police were the aggressors.
0: I don't. We're getting a little bit off of topic of what I was trying to say. So, what I was trying to say is, so if I'm being honest with myself, and I think if 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 you if everyone that's going to vote Democratic or whatever, what have we really looked into? Like personally, like actually researched. Because if I'm being honest with myself, I don't know what policies he's done. I don't know what laws he's passed. I don't know. I don't even to be honest, I don't even know what Biden's platform is.
2: Biden's the, platform that's all I'm is, that, Biden, Biden no does not know Biden's what his platform is, is. He's not but, Trump. Yeah,
0: to that's, that's what i i trying to say. to like to think that before I decide to cast my vote for Ron Paul, I think that it Joe. is – very,
2: <laughs>
0: I just think it is very indicative uh, that I take it upon myself to actually look into all the policies yeah. and stuff that each candidate stands for. I don't think that we do that enough. I just want to be educated and I want to be, be sure that I'm not um, I'm not subject to being influenced by a third party. I want to make that I want to think critically for myself. I want to do the research myself. And I want to do a lot and I want to make an informed decision to the best of my ability. I think and that's, I think that-
2: that's the smart thing to do. And that's by and large, probably what most people are not doing. Uh, I think that's, most yeah, people that's are, I, you know, like I have those knee jerk tendencies to be like, you know, vote against, I mean, I'm not going to vote for, I didn't vote for Trump the first time and I, I won't and I wouldn't. Um, but, you know there's those knee jerk reactions where you get upset of how bad things are. It's just like, well, I'm going to vote for Biden. So Trump doesn't win, but that doesn't do anything. That just the, the whole pragmatism vote for the lesser of two evils is what has gotten yeah. us to it's this point. And like, you know, Max, you brought up Joe Jorgensen who's running as president for the libertarian party. You know, she's pretty good. I like her, but there's a lot of, like her healthcare platform is basically non-existent. And I think, <clears throat> We've yeah. come to the point and I, and I will say I used to be staunchly against any kind of welfare state. I was, you know, I'm still for privatizing social security, but, you know, I used to be against having any kind of government, healthcare, care, anything. But, you know, this whole situation with the coronavirus and seeing, you know, one public health emergency or, you know, security incident or whatever, and they have to close things down and restrict people and you can't have an opportunity to participate in the market. Somebody has, especially when it's the government that does it, somebody has to step in and help. And I'm, you know, it's pushed me to where like, I definitely would like, I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary and would have voted for him in the general. If the Democrats had to shut him out, like they did for the second time in a row, Um, you know, and I'm pretty in favor of doing things like some sort of UBI, to whatever degree that can be figured out. I don't think Andrew Yang's idea of doing $2,000 a month is feasible, considering that's nearly the GDP of the United States every single month. Um, but <laughs> some, I know, something has one, to be done at this point.
1: One thing that I think tons of Trumpies fail to recognize as a terrible thing that Trump has done, and this is probably one of the few things that I can actually like sig- sign- significantly say this is a bad thing is is printing money. I think people don't realize how bad of a tax that is on poor people is printing money.
2: I mean, it's bad for um, everybody.
1: It's terrible. It's the and it's the reason why we are weren't prepared for uh, the coronavirus is because our purchasing power is not worth anything because we just inf- inflated our currency to yeah. ridiculous numbers yeah. and in part it, that was to pay for <laughs> like social securities for people in preparation for that so it's kind of like a weird well the thing too, weird sort of thing
2: I think everybody has forgotten about because it's just become every day just a given is that the United States is still at war with I, I don't know at least three countries and we are actively occupying at least seven countries in the Middle East and however many bases we have all over the world, the kind of stuff that Bernie Sanders wanted to do, if we withdraw our troops from illegally occupying countries all over the world and then cut the military industrial complex out of the equation and cut the military back to even like close, not even not even what Clinton did, but close to what Clinton did, we can afford all of these things to take care of, you know, give people an option that if you have, you know, you can't afford private insurance that there's something at least, you know, like in Oregon, we have OHP and I have been on OHP now for about a year, thankfully. And it's the best insurance I have ever had in my entire life. And I've been able to do basically any, any necessary health thing that I need, I've been able to do, especially in a time where, you know, financially the last few years for me has been extremely turbulent. Um, and I've had, you know, had that not existed, I would have absolutely no healthcare. I would not have been able to afford to get ADHD testing to go through, you know, general therapy for my mental health, as well as behavioral therapy for my ADHD to become, get tested, become medicated, and to be able to have that medication that has been probably the biggest factor in terms of how my life has gone in the past two years. You know, everybody deserves to at least survive, you know. And like I was, I was joking with, uh, my fiance Becca last night. I, you know, money is not a thing to me. I don't care how much I have money is only as you as is as important to me as useful as it is. And Mm -hmm. literally all I want to do is be able to live my life and support myself in some way that doesn't make me want to kill myself in a, in a very like literal fashion, you know? Yeah. I think everybody (laughs) deserves that.
1: Yeah. I think where I line up with the like social spending movement is just further education. Uh, because like, I don't think I didn't really have any, many, very many classes in high school or growing up where it was like, you need to save money or like live within your means or, you know, have like a security account that you can have for, you know, COVID style emergencies. Mm-hmm. Not that anybody was like going to be prepared to be out of work for six months. Oh yeah. No one saw um, this that, coming. That's that this is pretty much an anomaly. But um, anyway, I just think I'm willing to spend tons of money on that make sure everyone's well educated and understands consequences. But, uh, in just like understanding the consequences of smoking cigarettes or whatever, like we're all pretty aware of those consequences. Um, we're educated about that, but we're not, those freedoms aren't really taken away from us. Um, but I still want to be super free. <laughs> I still want to be able to buy stupid things and I still want to be able to smoke cigarettes if I want to, I think that's really important.
2: That's where I struggle uh, with uh, kind of where I am now is that like, I consider myself now like a social libertarian where, you know, I don't think, I think portions of socialism can work and can help everyone And, you know, there's a lot of countries around the world that show that, especially like Canada in terms of like, you know, metrics of that, you know, measure freedom and happiness. Canada is by those metrics, a more free country than we are because they have, they have, you know, they have freedom from worrying, having to worry about just, you know, maybe not like catastrophic accidents and health events, but just every day you get a cold, You know, in Canada, you can go to the doctor. If you're in a state that has something like OHP, you can go to the doctor, you can get treated if it's a medicatable thing, or if it's not, you know, even if it's something like diabetes or a chronic condition, you can get treatment and you can be healthy, you know, and it takes as much as you going to the doctor and then go from there, you know, prior to that, uh, you know, if you don't have the money, you're screwed and you can die from an easily treatable and preventable condition. Um, but then, I, like I said, I struggle with wanting to do these things because in order to do them, you have to have a much larger government. But I think my my worry about having the larger government doesn't come from a social services state like Canada has or, say, uh, like market socialist countries like Denmark or Sweden or Norway. Um, it's the security state and the military industrial complex because... Like that's something that Eisenhower talked about in his like his farewell address was that's where the term military industrial complex came from, and it hasn't been nothing but come true. There's a reason why when like you know they tried to pass they did pass the uh, first coronavirus relief act. There was money for the you know for Northrop Grumman and for Raytheon, and then in the second one they tried to pass. There was over seven hundred billion dollars in money for the military industrial complex. You know we are quantifiably the richest country on earth and in human history there's no reason that we should have the amount of problems that we do we should be able to, and we shouldn't be invading other countries you know
0: De- definitely not but i do have to cut this cash short jess Aww. i gotta go get a coronavirus test Ooh. bro pending the results well, I mean, I'm screwed out of the way, but um, mm-hmm. I'd like to. I've got a guest lined up, although that's kind of gone to shit uh, since finding out about this. But,
2: I mean, this is working.
0: Um, it is working, but I do want to say, I do want to say one thing to the listeners stay positive, baby. This too shall pass, and it can only last so long. Better days are ahead. Read books um, and continue to grind, bust your ass in the gym or yoga or whatever it is, but just know that you are the change you want to see in this world and you're a fucking badass. That's all I got to say. I love you guys. Thanks so much for talking to me and I'll text you both and let you know what the results are.
1: Sweet. See you later. Yeah.
0: Goodbye, my angels.